Welcome, everyone. My name is Glenn Davis, and on today's CII podcast, we'll be talking with Alex LeBeau, founder of the New York-based technology company, Say, which is building tools for shareholder voting and engagement, including a full-service proxy processing and shareholder communications platform. Good afternoon, Alex. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. First of all, why did you start this company, and what has the experience been like for you so far? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, of all the interesting problems being attacked and, and products being created, including across financial services, People ask us, well, you guys chose to enter one of the most complex, arcane, eye-glazing corners of the financial system to work on proxy plumbing and shareholder engagement. And we say, yes, exactly. It's exactly right. And it's a big part of the reason we started the company is that this is a really big, complex problem, and it's more ripe for disruption and modernization than any system of this size or importance that I've ever heard of. In terms of size, as I'm sure your members well know, billions of dollars a year spent on shareholder communications that no one is really too happy with, uh, not the people sending them, not the people reading them, if anyone actually reads them at all, and certainly not the people paying for them, uh, which is quite remarkable in itself that the system is, is managed to perpetuate over the years. And then if you think about the importance of the opportunity, shareholder voting isn't just some back office compliance function, although many people view it that way. It's an important ideological underpinning of the capital markets. And when you look at the other problems in the debate today, they really pale in comparison, like whether uh, proxy advisors aren't closely regulated enough when they make recommendations on a vote. Well, it doesn't matter if you can't count the vote properly, right, or, or whether the shareholder proposal rules are properly tuned to balance the interests of issuers and shareholders. Well, it doesn't matter if you can't trust the result of the vote on the proposal. So it's a big, complex system, a web of entities and relationships and incentives. But despite its complexity, and to answer the second part of the question about how uh, our experience has been so far, we've found that people are remarkably aligned in favor of change and fueled a rapid growth for us. And it's been very exciting. Okay. Well, you've been involved quite a bit with the SEC on some of these issues. You participated in the SEC's roundtable, and you were also part of a recent SEC Investor Advisory Committee meeting along with CII. What were the main takeaways from your perspective of those two events? Yeah, well, yeah, to continue the previous point, it's, it's remarkable the diversity of interest in favor of some sort of change. And I'm, I'm talking here about the mechanics and technology panel that I participated on at the roundtable. For different reasons, there's a pretty strong sense that something must be done. And we can't have another giant concept release like in 2010 and a roundtable like 2015, I believe it was, uh, resulting in not much at all. And I think the Procter & Gamble situation really helped catalyze that feeling that we, we've got to do something here. Uh, big takeaway for me, though, is that People are pretty much all over the place about exactly what it is that should be done. And I think some of that's driven by respective special interests, but much of it is driven by just a genuine lack of understanding of the cause of the problems. And my view is simple, is that there's a common underlying disease that afflicts this system, and that is the root cause of many, if not all, the problems. And that is the disjointed, broken market structure and the misalignment of incentives that it creates. What I mean specifically is that the intermediaries choose the service providers, but the companies and funds pay the service providers. So those who'd be incentivized to improve things have no ability, and those with the ability have no incentive. So the result is a lack of competition on the stuff that matters most, which is the interest of all investors and the companies and the funds that they're invested in. And the, the SEC can help fix this by taking a look at the NOBO-OBO system. That's the fundamental piece. And it, we did hear a good bit of discussion and support for that at the roundtable, and, and hopefully the commission seriously considers that. And what about the other issue that took up a lot of airtime, the debate over increased proxy advisor regulation? Are you getting involved in that? Short answer is no, we're not. You know, it's a, a highly politicized debate, and it can go ahead and, and play itself out. But 
I'll say that underneath all of the astroturfing and the noise, there are actually some really interesting issues being raised in that debate. And I think one of the more interesting ones is, is something that's been cited as one of the justifications for proposed reform, and that's the concentration of wealth in the passive funds that make use of the proxy advisory research. And I personally question whether that alone is a reason to increase regulatory burdens on the proxy advisors, but it's a huge trend. It's been a huge trend over the last few decades. And it's drastically and, and undeniably affected corporate governance. And I agree with uh, with John Coates from Harvard, actually, who was just on your program a couple months ago, was on your program discussing this and the implications, I believe he said, and I think many would agree, the implications of this trend haven't been fully thought through yet by regulators or, or market participants. And this is something that we are getting involved with and working on in the situation of having a very small number of people controlling a massive amount of voting and governance power, perhaps even in the not so distant future, the controlling voting power in certain instances needs to be considered in light of the millions of fund holders who are the ultimate source of the investment dollars and who are the ultimate, theoretically, the ultimate beneficiaries of the voting and governance actions, but who aren't taking part whatsoever. And the solution to me, and, and this is something that I think everyone across the political spectrum should be able to get behind, is to bring those ultimate owners into the process of governance of the underlying companies. It's something that Chairman Clayton actually mentioned. There's a slight mention of it in his statement announcing the SEC roundtable. And we think it's only a matter of time before that happens. And, and technology makes it possible in a, in a useful and low-cost way. And we're working on that right now. So is there a role for blockchain or some other novel technology to improve the proxy plumbing system or increase shareholder engagement? Can you tell us a little bit more about what you imagine the role of technology being here? Yeah, there, there's no question there is room for massive technological improvement across this system. Some of the stuff we've seen out there is, is really just stunning. And uh, much of it, frankly, can be improved with technologies that were invented literally in the 1970s. But there are areas which are ripe for a more cutting edge solution. We're focusing intently on, on those areas. Uh, but I think everyone, and especially including the SEC, can relieve themselves of the burden of ordaining one specific technology or another as the great answer and instead focus on fixing the market structure so that competition takes place, firms start competing on what matters, like lower costs, better experiences. And I guarantee that the technologies will come once that starts. When it comes to blockchain, I know there's been a lot of discussion about blockchain. There's a hot topic at the roundtable. I think if we're talking about veneer of blockchain on top of the current dysfunctional system, and it's helpful to clarify what degree of implementation we're talking about when we talk about blockchain in this context. Is it the reconstruction of the entire clearing and settlement system, including the voting piece, or is it just some blockchain-based layer on top of the current foundation, like what we're seeing today? A veneer of blockchain on top of today's system is just a distraction. Bad data in, bad data out. I think if, if we're talking about a real fundamental reconstruction of the equity capital markets infrastructure with distributed ledger technology, that's great. And we, we support that. I, I support that for sure. Uh, that's where all the great stuff about blockchain will uh, be able to really shine, you know, true decentralization, true disintermediation. Uh, but we should all know that it would be an absolutely monumental undertaking. And I'll say particularly on the disintermediation part, it's not possible to fundamentally alter the brokerage and custodial business like that in the near future. It's more likely we'd wind up with some kind of middle ground where there's a blockchain layer built into the system and there's lots of excitement and marketing around it. But in reality, it's a system with no clear technological superiority over previous and database technologies. And it's one that may well cost just as much or more than today's system if it doesn't fix the underlying market structure issues. Could you tell us in your mind about any regulatory impediments to your vision of truly improving the proxy plumbing system? Yeah, you know, I, th I think the big one is the NOBO-OBO system, as I've discussed. Something much simpler, in addition, that regulators can do and should do is force the use of electronic communication 
Uh, so we can finally eliminate paper, eliminate all the cost and inaccuracy that comes with paper communications in this system. And it includes communications to intermediaries in addition to communications to shareholders. And that will enable so much and it will eliminate the snake pit situation that we saw at Procter & Gamble. And the new Rule 30E3 for fund disclosures is definitely a good step in the right direction. I think that's the main one. And how can investors help in terms of lowering the regulatory impediments to making a cleaner system? Yeah. So they should know, first of all, or they should learn if they don't already know that things don't have to be this way. I think that's the first step. You know, all of what we've just discussed, investors should refuse to accept that billions of dollars of shareholder value each year is being drained into a system that doesn't offer them very much. And if they're organized and informed and motivated, they should be able to exert tremendous pressure because it's investors, really all of us, shareholders, both large and small, who should be the ultimate beneficiaries of this system and who shouldn't be satisfied until that's actually the case. But people need to understand things like the no-bo-obo system and its implications, the misalignment of incentives it creates. It's not just some esoteric side point. This is, in fact, central to any effective regulatory reform, and people need to learn about that and be able to unite behind it if we want to see real change. But I'll say, final important point, even if the regulators do nothing at all, there's room for improvement, and investors have great power to help erect private market solutions. And right now, we at Say are creating a direct communications framework. The more investors who use it, the more powerful it will be, and the more of a foil it will be for the problems of the current system. So if you're an asset manager or a fund and you want to communicate with your fund owners in a lower cost, more engaging, more useful way for both sides, it's absolutely possible right now. Or if you think that the future involves incorporating those fund owners into the process of governance of the underlying companies, we can make that a reality right now, regardless of regulatory change. And we encourage investors and those across the industry who are interested in things like that to reach out to us and hopefully we can build it all together. Our guest today has been Alex LeBeau of Say. Thank you for listening to this installment of the CII podcast series. And thank you, Alex. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.